0: though we're talking about how to handle stress because how many know motherhood is stressful parenting is stressful life can be stressful some of y'all understood that because it was stressful just to get here today come on can I get a witness from somebody in the house they come to the door where's the shoes I don't know and they come back and they come back with one where's the other one I don't know okay just get in the car you know you're trying to get there we all need Jesus and so thank you so much (laughs) Come on, isn't that the truth, though? And uh, it it is. It's it's a part of life, and um, and so I thought it'd be great to have my my bride come up here and share a little bit of perspective as well as a mom. We have three boys, and uh, and so don't pray for me, pray for her. And and it's a it's a great life. But uh, babe, thanks for being up here.
1: Glad to be so here. So excited
0: for sure. to have you. So Thank why don't you. we jump in today? Tell us a little bit about what it is, and stress, and where are we going. And if you got some notes, by the way, um, you can take some with us. Uh, I know we ran out. I heard we ran out uh, nearing the end. So if you want to jump on, you can jump on to our YouVersion, the YouVersion Bible app. We have it there. You can just follow along as well. But babe, why don't you take it away and share with us a little bit of what you got.
1: So just some framework, some groundwork to start. We are obviously all stressed because we do this survey once a year at our church. And every year, stress is in the top five answers of it so probably majority if not all of us deal with stress and i was going to share some stats on about stress but looking at them and reading them stressed me out so i decided (laughs) sometimes all that you can feel your blood pressure rising but no for real i will give you a a statistic 80 percent of mothers feel overloaded stressed and live sleep deprived lives anybody can relate with that we have to. It seems like our culture has put on us this be-all, do-all kind of thing, and run yourself to the bone, and and all. And I don't know if it, y'all felt that. Um, just a little personal thing. I feel most a lot, not most stressed maybe, but a lot of stress whenever I... There's a time crunch. Like you have 17 things to do, but you really only have time for five before you have to get out the door. That really stresses me out. I don't know. I know everybody has different, different stress, stressors, but that's mine. But unfortunately, being stressed has become the norm for us in our, in our day and age and culture. So.
0: Yeah, and we are so stressed because we are so busy. And uh, if you ask people usually at how they're doing... Most people don't say fine anymore, most people don't say good anymore. Most people say, "busy." Yeah, I'm just busy. It's a busy season, busy things going on, a lot of stuff that's happening. And um, our generation has now created work to be extended. It's not just we don't put in 40 hours anymore. Sometimes we put 50 hours and 60 hours, and we can work as much as we want. And unfortunately, technology has not helped us in that, because now, how many know, because there's technology, you can take your work home. And now you can get home, and you can get, you can get emails at 9 p.m. Uh, from your work, and you can be working all throughout the time, and I don't know about y'all, but you can get notifications a lot. How many of you get notifications on your phone, like your phone bl- beeps and blinks and does all that at you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you in here, let's just be honest, in here, how many in here are, are like me, I'm like this, where you don't like to see dots on your phone, like you want to take those away. As soon as you see a dot, you want to get it off your phone. Okay, good. All the OCD people, we're in the house. Unite, Okay. <laughs> So, How many of y'all in here, let's just be honest, confession's good for the soul. If you were to look at your mail right now, it says 22,332. Yeah. How many of that's you? Oh I, my God.
1: I'm stressed out.
0: Y'all are giving me an anxiety attack right now. I'll tell you what, y'all bring all y'all's phones over to my house. I'll clear it all out for you. Um, we got it. We got you. Okay. Just hand your phone to somebody <laughs> next to you that raised your hand with the first question and we got you. So I, I'm that type. I don't like the red dots. I like to get rid of them, um, but I, I even went to the extreme of putting my, my mail app on a different page. like I, It can't even be on the front page. Um, I turned off all my Facebook notifications and all my social media notifications. I turned them all off because it's just constant. How many you know there's always news and Facebook and mail and text and phone? and It's just so many things that are beeping and buzzing at us that it just keeps us constantly busy all the time and I don't know if y'all have ever been in like, where you got on social media, you know, and you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna watch this one video, and then you got in that one video, and then you saw the next video and you're like, okay, I'll watch the next one, and then, and then an hour later, you're like, what in the world am I doing? I need to get off the toilet. You know, y'all you know what I'm talking about? Come on, y'all know what I'm, y'all know what I'm talking about right there. We never used to bring our phones to the toilet, now we do, and now it's a, this is truth, isn't it? You got the ring around, anyways, okay, so. Is that, Is that a little too real? I'm sorry. (laughs) But y'all know it's the truth. Y'all know it's the truth. Where's mom? Don't ask. Um, (laughs) Just leave her alone. Just leave her alone. So, we.
1: (laughs) Mm -mm. Oh, God. You're going to fry. (laughs) Somebody said, you're going to (laughs) fry.
0: I wasn't talking He's about my. I wasn't experience. talking about her. <laughs> speaking by myself. Um, and so, busyness can oftentimes almost become a badge of honor, like we wear it as a badge of honor. How are you doing? Oh, just busy. Like, almost like we're important because we're so busy. But I know this because we have a very sly enemy, and he will not make you bad. He'll make you busy. Satan's greatest attempt is not to make you bad. He makes you busy. And by the way, when he makes you busy you slowly start sleeping, uh, sleeping, <laughs> you slowly start steeping into bad behaviors, and so this is how he works, you know, it's like, hey man, I, I can't really make it to church anymore, because I'm working all the time, and I, I can't make it to life group anymore, because I'm, I'm, I'm just busy, I got all these sports and things that are going on all the time, and I, I can't even have dinner with my family anymore, because I'm always doing stuff all the time, and, and I think the enemy is very, very sly, I think he's very, very, uh, good at what he does, at just putting more and more things in our lives where we're just so consumed that we don't have enough time for the things that are actually important. And, and so this is, this is really big for us as a culture that really um, works hard, but also can kind of find our identity in that hard work. So I think we're stressed because we're, we're busy. Um, Ecclesiastes the, says it this way, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 6, it is better to have only a little with what? Peace. With peace of mind than to be peace. busy all the time. And so this is, this is so true in our lives. Like we live in a culture where more, we want more, like it's not enough. Like one donut's good. Three's better. You know, one car's okay. Two's better. One wife is good. Two. No, two's not better. Okay. So <laughs> that's not, that one doesn't go, that one doesn't go over. But how many know, like you're sold credit cards so you can have more. You're sold things so you can have more. Like your phone was good. Now, two months later, it's not good anymore. You need another one. And so we just live in a constant society where you need to have more, 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 busy, 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 busy. But, but, but um, King Solomon's telling us, hey, listen, if you want to have peace of mind, it might be better to scale back a little bit, a little bit less, a little bit, a little bit less. So that's the that's the second thing. Wanna share the third one?
1: And because we're busy, we are tired. I think that's another thing that we uh, can say often about ourselves. And uh, many of you might have walked in today and you're very tired and you may think you can take a free childcare as an opportunity to have a nap right now, but don't do that. <laughs> take your nap at some take other time. <laughs> but between work and family commitments and kids activities and travel and all of the other so many things that we see about day to day. We can be feel so tired and kind of like the, how are you doing? Busy. It can be, how are you doing? I'm so tired. And we even have emojis for those things. Have you ever sent this emoji? I'm so tired. I'm crying. (laughs) Or just somebody asks how you're doing and you just send them this one. Or you say, I'm so tired, I need a massage. We even have emojis for this. But this next one, if someone sends you this one when you ask how they're doing, please go check on your friend. They're not okay. <laughs> They've gone crazy and they need some help. Maybe they need some, uh, some sleep, so go sit with their kids or something. But check on your friend if you see this emoji but we have emojis even for how tired we can be. That's
0: so true, that's so true. Okay, so we are stressed, watch this, because we're so busy, let's put that up. We're stressed because we're so busy. We are busy because uh, we are tired, and we are tired because we don't know how to rest. We don't know how to rest. And our issue is not that there's the presence of busyness or the presence of tiredness or stress. Our issue is that there's an absence of rest, so we're stressed because we're so busy, we're busy because we're tired, and we're tired because we don't know how to rest. And and this is so true in our culture. And you know, we thought about putting together a message talking about how to you know get rid of stress in your life and how to have a stress for your life. But how many know that's a lie? You're gonna have stress. So we're not going to share a message with you today about how to get rid of your stress, because that's not possible. You're gonna have stress, you're gonna have pressure. But God has a way for us to get through those hard days and those hard weeks and hard months. And Hebrews puts it this way. Watch what Hebrews says. It says, God's promises, can we put that verse up there? God's promises of entering whose rest? His rest still stands. There's a promise that God has given us for, for a rest that he has. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. This is what it means, that God is offering to you and to I a rest that only he can give us, but there may be some of us that go through this life and never experience the true rest that God has for us. And so that is today's message, is this idea that God has rest for us. Now, when you think of rest, there's a couple things that you think of, but I want to help you today because we're going to walk you through maybe some, some lies that we believed about rest that rest is so much more than certain things. So let, let's give you three of them, okay? If you're taking some notes, write this first one down. Rest is deeper than sleep. Oftentimes when we think of rest, we think of, man, I just need some sleep. And that may be the case. Hey, by the way, I am prescribing to everybody today for Mother's Day, go take a nap. Go take a nap. Come on, somebody, take a nap. Take a nap, take a nap. Take a nap. Husbands, do the dishes. Wives, go take a nap. It's one clap on that one, yeah. <laughs> And it wasn't a man. And so, um, <laughs> take a nap, um, enjoy, and there's nothing wrong. Sleep is great. I hope you can get enough of it and plenty of it. And How many you feel sleep deprived? Let's just be honest. How many you feel like you could get some more rest? Yeah. Um, and that's the truth. We do need sleep in our lives, but the rest that God is offering to us is actually deeper than just sleep, which leads to the second one.
1: Yes, rest is more than time off. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes weekends can be just as busy as our weeks um, are and you get to Sunday evening and you're depleted and you got to start all over and you're just so exhausted there wasn't any time. So just because you weren't working or doing your other things doesn't mean um, that you're resting. And vacations can be good, but that doesn't also equal all the time, equal rest. Just like if you take a vacation with children, that is a trip. That's not a vacation because you're just doing what you've been doing at home somewhere else. And you need a vacation from that thing. So we don't want a vacation (laughs) vacation from vacation. Somebody at work, like you're saying, oh, I'm taking another vacation. I thought you just went on one. No, I need to rest now. And so... um, we don't want to confuse rest with time off. Yep,
0: yeah. And the last one is rest is better than escape. And we live in a society that loves escapism. I'm going to give you a definition, a working definition of escapism. It's, it's this, an intentional detachment from the real world just to escape our lives. That maybe there's some things in our lives that we really don't care for, and so we want to just escape from it. And we'll do a bunch of different things to try to escape, like people take drugs to escape reality. People take excessive alcohol to escape reality. But people can also watch Netflix for hours just to try to escape reality. Um, social media, of course, can be another thing that we use just to try to escape reality. The problem with it, though, is, is that when you finally get out of that, you realize it's still there. You didn't actually deal with anything. You maybe escaped for a little bit, but how many you know then you got to go right back into it? And so the issues are still there, the pressure's still there, the stress is still there, and now maybe there's just now an added addiction that has now been on top of that. The problem with escapism, though, is that it promises a lot, but it delivers a little. You ever just kind of binged out on something for a while, and then you kind of came to and you're like, man, I just wasted so much time, like, I I feel like I didn't even rest. That's because this escapism is oftentimes a way for us to look for something from somewhere that it will never deliver. See, because escapism always promises a lot, but always delivers very little in our lives. And so it's important for us to come to this place of realizing that God has some real rest for us. What does that actually look like?
1: And in Psalm 127, verse 2, it says, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night. Boy, that's not a mom, right? If that's not a mom, I don't know what is. (laughs) Working so hard, but anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. So basically we can be working and working and working, but if we don't learn to rest and let God help us rest and let him be that for us, it's useless. So think about all you've done in a day and you didn't rest or you didn't rest in him. It's all useless and that's, that's really hard to, uh, to take because you've put a lot into your work. But rest is a gift from our heavenly father. And we can be followers of Jesus and know the truth but still miss this, still miss what he has for us.
0: And Matthew chapter 11 says it this way. And this, this is Jesus' words. So these are red letters for all of us. It says, are you tired? Maybe you can check that off if that's you. Um, are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Just doing the same things over and over again? Just kind of the repetition of things? I love Jesus' words. He says, come to me. Just come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a what? What's that two words? A real rest. Meaning that the world has to offer fake rest. and like Here's what, what they think to try to sell you rest. So they try to sell you a vacation or sell you these things. And, but God has a way of giving us some real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. And then he says in the next verse, can you put the next verse up? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That there are unforced rhythms and, uh, and, and so I like to equate this to um, in this idea of rhythms, that we live our lives in rhythm. And, and any of you already love music in here? Like, you just love, love rhythm? You know, and uh, I, I love playing even music. So, if you know anything like playing a piano, uh, one of the things that makes a piano sound great is that there's notes and you play the notes and the chords, but, but there's times of rest. Like, you're not just always playing. It you play, and then there's rest, and there's play, and there's rest, and there's play, and there's rest. Um, that sounds beautiful. Get your three-year-old on the piano, and it sounds like, tung, 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 tung. and you're like, oh, that sounds beautiful. Please stop. And because music was never designed to just be constant. There's rhythms. And our lives, by the way, have rhythms. We have rhythms. God has rhythms. And he's calling us to get into his rhythm. There's a grace for that, by the way. And I love that he says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live, what? Freely Freely and and lightly. So this is what God is calling us into. Now, here's the great thing about God's rest. You ready? It's an invitation. He's inviting us into this. So if we're not experiencing life that is like this, it's because we haven't accepted the invitation to come into this rest that God has for you and I. And so, uh, and so it's important for us to come into that invitation.
1: Yep. If we can go back to the second scripture of Matthew that he just read, um, I love two things about this verse. It says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So in the Old Testament, God had laid out six days they work, seventh you rest. And if you didn't, you could die. Like he would literally kill people. He, he meant um, he was serious about the Sabbath. He wanted people to rest. God rested. He made the earth, created everything. In six days, on the seventh, he rested. So why do we think we can be above God and that we don't need a rest? Because there's so many things about the Bible that God tells us to do. And you're like, oh, I need to do that. Oh, I need to do that. Rest. And I can skip over that one. But he's serious about it. But if you look at the first part, unforced rhythms, God's not going to force it on you. He's not going to make you rest. You can go about your life and do and go, but you'll probably burn yourself into the ground. You'll probably come to the place where you're forced to rest instead of listening to God and doing doing it the way that he said. Mm. It's unforced. And th- this next um, sentence, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. And so... He may be able to carry things that I'm not supposed to carry, or or I can. We can all carry different things, and if I'm carrying more things on my to-do list or in my life that I'm supposed to, it's going to be heavy and it's going to be ill-fitting. And on this other thing, we can't compare because he might be called to lead or do more, and I'm I don't have as much, so we can't compare with what we've had. But if you're at a place where you just feel over overdone and um, too heavy, maybe just check your priorities, check what you have going on, what can go. If you're carrying it and if it's too heavy, because, you know, life will be tough. Things will be hard. Even if it's what God's called you to do, I'm not saying like, everything's going to be easy. It's going to be tough. But are you at a place where you're too overburdened because his way is easy and his way is light and he's not going to force rest on you, all those things together. But going on, so we're talking about all these things. How do we find real rest in our stress? Because it's going to happen. Even though we can do what we can, stress is going to be a part of life. But number one, we can keep the Sabbath holy. And in Hebrews, it says, Hebrews 4, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter into that rest. So this isn't a law, it's an offer. You're not required to do it, but again, this is God's way, this is how he's made us, this is how he would want us to do. And for the Jewish people, they actually, um, they call it Shabbat. It's sundown on Friday night to sundown on Saturday night. And um, it's the best part of their week. If you've heard someone talk about it, they love it. They get excited about it because they're refueling. They're stopping from their work. They're resting. They're spending time with people they love. They're eating meals together. They're doing all these things, and it refuels them for the rest of the week. And I think we can learn something from them. They can do things, Joshua went to Israel, like... um, Say if you're at a hotel and the maid left the lights on, if you go back in your room and it's Sabbath, you can't even turn the light off. Like, you can't turn the TV off. Like, you, you literally, you can't ride an elevator because pushing the button would be work. So, you know, that's a level that we don't keep, but I think we can learn something from them. Um, just have fun and laugh and be with the people that you love. And S- Sabbath is going to look different for everybody. Ours, Josh has off um, most Fridays, so we really try to be, um, keep that day for our family, or for us, and and reconnect with God and spend some time together. But that may look different from you. Say you might not, at the time, have a whole day of the week you can give. Start even with a few hours of resting and reconnecting, and that may look like going for a walk, or maybe you don't want to be outside, and maybe you want to stay inside, um, playing games, boiling crawfish, inviting your pastors when you uh, boil that crawfish, Our barbecue for you. But watch a movie. Slow down. Again, doing something that connects you to God. And um, how do you move on from that? Uh, No. But for real, if you don't take a break, you're going to break. It's just how it's going to happen. You can only do and go so much. And Mm. God can do more through you in six days than you can do by yourself in seven. So just don't. Just take it. It's hard good. to switch what we're used to, but, but to switch it.
0: Let, let, let me give you the second one, and that is to, to keep focus on what matters most. Just to keep a focus on what matters most. Um, you know, as a pastor, one of the things, one of the hardest parts of being a pastor is doing funerals, um, specifically funerals of children, um, suicides. Um, those, those have been some of the hardest ones. Um, the easier ones, of course, are those who are much older in age, and you just know it's inevitable and it's coming. And in oh, those conversations that I've had with those that have been much older in age, and they know that it's coming, we will often ask them questions of, hey, what was life like? And share with me a little bit of what you would enjoyed the most, and is there, or do you have regrets of things? I've yet to ever meet a 70, 80-year-old, 90-year-old man or woman that ever said this, I wish I would have made more money. I've never met one that's ever said, I wish I would have had a bigger house. Or I wish I would have, it's usually things around God and around their family. So it's like, I wish we would have gone on vacations more. Or I wish I would have been with my kids when they were younger. Or I wish I would have told my, my, my wife I loved her more, or I wish I would have gone to church more and been more involved in what God was doing. I wish I would... It's usually those kind of uh, answers that people are giving, but do you know that our culture will push and drive and sell to you that you should spend your entire life trying to earn more money, buy a bigger house, have more cars, have more stuff, and yet at the end of the life, we all say those things don't matter as much as people do. Isn't it crazy that our culture will try to sell that as when you have all this, then you're successful. The truth is you can have none of that and have God and people and life. Come on, let me know you're the most successful in life. So, hey, listen, I'm I'm not preaching against working hard. I'm not preaching against having money. I pray that you're the hardest worker. I pray that you have a lot of money. I pray that you have a great house. Those are all great things. Just don't make them the God things. Because I promise you this, your kids would much rather their father at home than be in a big house without their father. Take it from a man who didn't have his father at home a lot. And when it comes to stress, oftentimes we're stressed out because we've accumulated so much stuff, I have to work a lot to pay for the stuff that I don't even get to enjoy. Am I preaching to somebody in here? Is this not the truth? And we've, what we've done is as our finances have grown, our, our life, of, our, our, our style of living has grown with that. So I get a raise, and I get a bigger truck. I get a raise, and I get a bigger house. I get more stuff. And I just continue to increase my level of living every time I get more money. But can I tell you this? God has always wanted to increase you're financially, not so you can have a greater level of living, but so that you can have a greater level of giving. And I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about in all areas of our lives that God has given us gifts and talents and resources and relationships for his kingdom and for his purposes. And so I want to share with you three things that matter. These things do matter. And at the end of your life, I promise you, if you devote yourself to these three things, you will live with no regret whatsoever first thing is god god matters how many know matthew 633 seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. god matters put god first in everything god always wants to be first he's jealous of us in that he wants to be first in our lives the second thing is that people matter people matter they really do your, your, your marriage matters, and your, your kids matter, and your grandkids matter. Your mother matters. That's why you're here at church with your mother. She matters. Things, these things in our lives, they matter to us, and we need to make sure that we invest our time in those things. And then last thing is eternity matters. Eternity matters. How many of you know this life is not all this life? How many of you know there's another life that's grander than this life? And I'm going to tell you, don't live for this life. Live for the next one. Give everything you have. I, we, I did a message a while back, and, and, I, and I shared, and I called it YOLT, and, and because we, we do this thing called YOLO, where you only live life once. The truth is, that's not the truth. You only live life twice. You live life now, and you live life later. later. And so I'm going to tell you right now, store up treasures for the next life, not for this life. Invest in people. Use your, use your gifts, your talents for God's kingdom. Life's short. Eternity's long. It's how I many know life is too short to be stressed out, and we want to make sure that we steep into the God's rest that He has for us. And so, I, I want to share this last scripture, and then we're we're done for the day, and then you can take your mom to to Shoney's or wherever you're going. Um, but let me let me let me throw this your way. <laughs> Matthew chapter six says this: Give your entire attention to what God is doing. What? Right now, God's doing some stuff right now. Make sure you're, you're attentive to it. Watch this. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. And how many know that's, that's easy to say, hard to do? We get so worked up about what's going to happen tomorrow. How are we going to pay the bills tomorrow? And how are we going to do this tomorrow? Where, where, where are my kids going to go to college? And are they going to even pass? And what is this going to happen? And what? We get so worked up about what may, I love that, may or may not happen because worry is usually about things that probably won't even happen. But I want you to hear this. God will help you. He's going to help you. What is he going to help you do? He's going to help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Now let me end today with this. Notice in this verse, he did not say that there may be hard times. He says, no, no, no. When hard times come, God's going to be there. So listen, Christianity is not a get out of hard times free. Christianity is God helps you in the hard times. And this is what he does. That maybe if your finances are struggling right now, or your marriage is struggling right now, or your family's struggling right now, or maybe the doctors have given you a diagnosis that was hard. No matter what is hard that's coming your way, I got good news for y'all, everybody. God will help you. He will help you. He will help you. He will help you. He will give you the grace, the strength. And so here's why we're stressed, because we think we got to do it all. So I'm just here to tell you, to tell you, listen, the Bible says, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. So listen, we just say, hey, listen your kids are going crazy, you go, God, they're your kids anyways, you take care of them. (laughs) Then you just lock yourself in your door, and you know, I'm But listen, at the end of the day, they are. At the end of the day, the Bible says, if God will take care of the birds of the fields, why would he not take care of his own? And I believe that for you, that God is going to take care of you, if you will trust him. If you'll put your hands in his, in his hands. If you'll just surrender and say, God, I don't know how to do this. And God says, okay, now I can take over. So stress is gonna happen. Pressure's gonna happen. Hardship's gonna happen. But God will help you. God has given us a strategy here for us to keep the Sabbath holy, for us to honor him in rest, but also to make sure that we're focusing on the right things, the things that matter at the end of the day. I think if we will begin to do those things, you'll realize that your stress level will start going down because you won't be so consumed with the things that don't matter. Is everybody with me? Would you bow your heads in this place right here, right there where you are? Just, this is the most important part of our, our, of our whole service here. We've been a part of worship. We've, I know the presence of God is here. We've heard God's word. But now more than anything, it's an opportunity for us to respond to the word. So I want to pray specifically for those that are in this room. If you're in this room and maybe you've just been going through a stressful time in your life, it's been a stressful moment, I want you just to raise your hand. Nobody look around, but this is just between you and the Lord. And I see it. Okay, man, hands going up all over the place. Okay, you can put your hands down. I want to pray specifically over you right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every person that is in this room. God, that is going right now through a stressful moment. God, I I know how the enemy works and oftentimes he can allow these to be moments in our lives that not only discourage us, but God, there also are these are moments where we begin to doubt that you're good. We begin to doubt that you're with us. I pray today that there would be no doubt in this room that even in the hardship, you're there with them. God, that you're producing something in their life, that you're giving them the grace to walk through this, that nothing that they're facing right now have you not equipped them for for such a time as this. But God, we repent if there have been things in our lives that we have been put over you. For God, where we have tried to do it on our own, where we've tried to strive and stride and tried to work and make effort to do our own thing, to control our own lives, God, we repent of that. We turn from that today. We invite you. God, we, we receive the invitation today to come to you. God, we come to you today. And I thank you, Lord, that you are going to teach your people how to walk freely and how to walk lightly. God, you are our help. You are our comfort. You're our strength. You're our strong tower that we run to. So, God, I pray today, Lord, for your people. God, all those today that just raised their hand, God, I pray, Lord, that they would find peace of mind today, as, even as they walk out of this place. Maybe the situation hasn't changed when they walk out, but I thank you that they have changed, that you've done a deep work inside of them to have confidence in this moment. Now, with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, if you're here in this room and you don't have a relationship with God... Now, I'm not talking about that you don't know about God or that you don't go to church or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about, but a true, genuine relationship with God. The Bible says that real, true peace comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. That oftentimes in our lives, we're trying to strive really for our relationship with God. We're trying to work. We're trying to do better and do good. And we're trying to show God all these things that we're doing to let him know that we're good enough to get into heaven. But you can't get into heaven on your own. The Bible says that no one can enter into the kingdom of, of, of God unless they're born again. Being born again is simply that we surrender our lives to him. That It's as easy as A, B, C. We admit that we're sinners, and that apart from him we can do nothing, that selfishness has separated us from the Father, that B, we believe that Jesus came. He was the perfect substitute for us. He was a virgin birth, lived a perfect life, took our sin and our shame and our guilt and he bore those on the cross and he rose again to give us a relationship with the father and that if you will see and this is our part right here if you will confess your need for him that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness today if you will confess Jesus as Lord and Savior life you too can be born again you can have a relationship with God fresh and new, and it only comes through Jesus. If that's you in this place, and you've never done that, I want to pray for you today, and on the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up, say, Pastor Josh, would you pray for me? I want that kind of relationship with God. One, two, three. If that's you going up all across this room, just shoot your hand up right there where you are. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 23 come on. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down right there where you are And I just want you to just to pray this with me. We're all gonna pray this together OSC family, let's pray this all together. Say dear Lord Jesus. I believe that you're the Son of God I believe that you died on the cross You took my sin My shame and my guilt and you died for it. I believe you faced hell So I wouldn't have to go You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Jesus, I turn from my sins to be born again. God, you're my Father, Jesus, you're my Savior, Holy Spirit, you're my helper, and heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, and everyone said,